0: Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I would like to read the whole chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony or the mystery of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not worth persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And verse 9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's focus our attention to to verses 9 and 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The deep things of God. The mysteries of God that are prepared by him for those who love him are not revealed to everyone. Now I just want you to follow me a little closely here. The mysteries of God prepared by God for those who love him are not revealed to everyone. The wisdom of this age cannot understand the wisdom of God only His spirit can reveal it to us. Today, when people try to understand God by the wisdom of this world, they cannot understand God. That's the reason word of God says. For them, everything what we do, it appears to be foolish. They consider us fools, because they don't understand the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God cannot be understood by human wisdom. Only the Spirit of God can reveal the mysteries of God. Let's let's have a placeholder there in 1 Corinthians 2. and meantime, we'll go to Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. What of God says, For since the beginning of the world... Men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. Here the prophet says, God has prepared certain things and kept them as a mystery for those who wait upon the Lord. And Paul, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, as we read, he says, the mysteries are kept for those who love the Lord. And Isaiah says, the mysteries of God are kept for those who wait upon the Lord. The mysteries of God are revealed to only those who wait upon the Lord. Only those who love the Lord. And if you remember, when the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrew chapter 11, he listed down all the you know names there who achieved great things by their faith. and when he came to verse thirteen, let, let's go to Hebrews chapter eleven verse thirteen. You know he took a pass in the middle of his you know his listing, so he talked about Abraham and he talked about Sarah, and then he took a pass in verse thirteen, and he says. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. The writer of Hebrews, he says, he was listing down the faith Abraham had in the Lord, and he talked about the faith of Noah, and the faith of Sarah, and the faith of Abel, and the faith of Enoch, And he took a pass, you know, before he continued, and he said, all these people, they died. They died. They all died in faith. They had had such a great faith in the Lord. But then they they died, not receiving the promises, but they have seen those promises far. Now, in Paul says, Nobody has seen the things, the mysteries that God has prepared for those who love him. And Isaiah says, nobody has seen or no one has heard the mysteries of God that God has prepared for those who wait upon the Lord. And here the writer of Hebrews says, they all died without seeing those promises. They have seen those promises of God afar, but they have not seen that. They have not experienced that. They just embrace them and they confessed that. But then they were living as strangers and pilgrims. On this earth and they passed away. You know, the mysteries of God are not revealed to everyone. You know, even even the horizontally today across the world, mysteries of God are not, not, not revealed to everyone. Even if you take the past, they were seen, they they, they all they, they they were promised, they received the promise of God, but they couldn't see the, the revelation of God. Now, even to take it a little further. Example, they were told the Messiah is going to come. It was a promise for them. The seed was promised already in the Garden of Eden. But then nobody has seen that until Jesus Christ came, the disciples are the one, or the people who lived in those times, they are the one they were witnessing. Christ was revealed to them, those people, those who are living at that age. Even though they were Christ was promised years before. They, were, they, they couldn't see Jesus. But the Messiah was seen by the people, those who lived at that point of time. They heard, the one who is going to open the eyes of the blind is going to come. But they have never seen. They all believed that somebody, Messiah is going to come. And he is going to open the blinds and he is going to open the deaf. But then they have not seen. They have not seen. They believed that it's going to happen one day. They have the, all the most of the prophets, they had the prophecy about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. But do you know what? Nobody has experienced it until Jesus Christ came and he took back into the heaven. He went back into the heaven and until the disciples received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. No one has experienced it. No one has experienced it. They appear to be a mystery. And here Paul writes the mysteries of God are prepared for those who loved him, are not revealed to everybody, but it is revealed only to those who wait upon the Lord, only to those who love him. And the wisdom of this age cannot tell the mysteries of God. Only the Spirit of God can reveal the mysteries of God. Even for us, not all the mysteries are known. All the mysteries are written, but only few are revealed to us. There are things yet to happen which we have not seen yet. We believe. Like the Old Testament believers, they believed it. Abraham believed it. And Sarah believed it, thinking that Messiah is going to come in one generation. But they were not sure when he's going to come. The same way, even today, we believe. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. If you can go with me, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. He says, he says there, for now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Paul is saying there in First Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see in a mirror, dim. It's not very clear. We just see in a shadow of it. What is it to come? We don't see everything. The mysteries of God are prepared and kept, not only for the future, but even for today. And only the Spirit of God can reveal that mystery to us. Shall we go back to our original scripture in First Corinthians chapter 2? Let's read verse 9 and 10 once again. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man. The things of God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Paul writes here, the wisdom of men, the wisdom of this world, and the power of God. He's comparing this in this chapter, the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of God, and the power of God. Then he says, the wisdom of God is a mystery. But God revealed his wisdom to men, those who love the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, through Holy Spirit. You know, that's the summary of this chapter. The wisdom of God has been set already for those who love the Lord and those who wait upon the Lord. But God has revealed the mystery of God to those who love the Lord and those who wait upon the Lord through the Holy Spirit. It is no more mystery to us because the mystery that was conceived in the mind of God for those who love the Lord and those who wait upon the Lord has been shared, revealed to you and me through the Holy Spirit. You know, once the Holy Spirit was poured upon this earth at the disciple, the time of the disciples, on the uh, on the pen, day of Pentecost. You know, since then the Spirit of God is going to is remaining with us. You know, if you remember what Jesus spoke to the disciples, he said, "I'm going, and I'm going to send the Counselor, the Comforter, and He's going to teach you everything." He is going to reveal the mysteries of God. That's the reason Paul is writing here. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the mystery, the secrets of God to you and to me. You know, most of the time, the scripture, uh, what we read in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, is used at the time of funeral. You know, most of the time, the scripture is used at the time of funeral uh, funeral service. But you know what? Most of the mysteries that God revealed to us are For us to experience in our lifetime. When we live on this earth. You know God wants us to know that mysteries. The blessings that God has prepared to you and to me. God's wisdom is revealed to only those who love the Lord. And according to Isaiah 64. Only those who wait upon the Lord. And it says human eyes have not seen it. Human ears have not heard it. And it's not even conceived in the mind of man. It belongs to God. It is God's virginal plan. It is God's purpose for mankind. And God is, is, is you know revealing that to us. Because the Holy Spirit is with us. Imagine if Holy Spirit is not given to us, not given to the church today. We don't have any revelation about God. We may read the Bible, but then we may not understand. Even the writers, they would not have written the word of God because the Holy Spirit revealed the word of God to the writers of the word of God. And today when you read the word of God, it is Spirit of God who reveals the words, the, the secrets of God. You know, this is a simple reason people are struggling to understand the things of God because human wisdom cannot understand the things of God. You know, Word of God says, "In by nature, we are either Greek or we are Jew. We are either Greek or Jew. We fall in one of these categories. And 1 Corinthians one twenty two says, 1 Corinthians one twenty two: the Jews request a sign. The pe- Jews, they look for signs. And what the Greeks do? They look for wisdom. That's what 1 Corinthians one twenty two says. Jews look for signs and the Greeks look for wisdom. And by nature, all of us fall in any of these categories. You know, any of these categories. Some, some of us, you know, really look for signs. Then only we believe. Otherwise, we don't believe. Some of us try to understand the word of God with our own wisdom. We read that, we study that over and over, and we try to understand the Word of God. So, we, by our nature, we are either Jews or a Greek. But you know what? We cannot really feel the mysteries of God in our body, we cannot really conceive that in our own mind. If the Holy Spirit is not revealing that to us. We may not see a sign. We may not try to get that in our heart, in our mind. If the Spirit of God is not revealing that to us. The people of this world, they are trying to look for a sign. Or they are trying to understand the things of God by their wisdom. And they are not going to get it. They are not going to get it. You know, most of the time they don't understand. When we tell something... I don't know whether you, you spoke to any of your unsaved or any of your unsaved relatives or friends about the things of God. They don't understand. They don't understand. So it is so true that the Spirit of God has to reveal the secrets of God to them. So here God says, or Paul writes, and he says, the mysteries of God are prepared for those who love them. So today I just want to deal with the four mysteries of God. Just four. There are hundreds of mysteries of God. The word of God is revealing to you and me. Because Holy Spirit is dealing with us. He is here right now. He is speaking to you. So, you know, when we read the word of God, Spirit of God speaks to us. Because we are not just reading a few letters. We are not just reading literature. We are not just reading, you know, some paragraph or a page in a document. We are reading the word of God. Word of God has life. And the life comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. And there are four mysteries we are going to talk about today. The first mystery is the power of the gospel. The first mystery God revealed to those who love him and those who wait upon him is the power of the gospel. I, I, I may read a couple of scriptures. If, even if you are not able to you know, get down to those scriptures, just listen to me. Romans 1.16, what of God says. Uh, let's, let's read that. Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. You know, wherever you go in the word of God, you cannot get away from Jews and Greeks. You know, Jews and Greeks are always in the word of God. (laughs) You know, even today, as we see, all of us can be attached to either a Jew or a Greek by our nature. Word of God again here says, I am, Paul writes here, He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because gospel is a power of God. Gospel is the power of God. You know, there is power in the gospel to save us. There is power in the gospel to save us. You know, today, people of this world, they are trying their best for redemption. Even though Christ Jesus came to this world and he redeemed us, you know, they, since they don't believe in Christ Jesus, they try all their best for their redemption. But you know what? Word of God says, power of the gospel has the power to save, has the power to redeem. That's the reason Jesus said in Mark sixteen fifteen, he said to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why gospel has to be preached to every creature? Why cannot go? we go and keep reading maybe the Ten Commandments or maybe keep reading one of the, you know, the psalms and celebrate God and worship God? Because those things will not help. Only the gospel has the power to save. Only the gospel has the power to save. In Matthew twenty four fourteen, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world. Then... The end will come. This gospel must be preached till the end of the world. Then only the end will come. Then only the end will come. You know, we know today that world is going towards a collapse. World is going towards a total collapse. Even we know that today, you know, with a button press, the whole world can be destroyed. The whole world can be destroyed. You know, technology has advanced so much. And the end time has approached, you know, just like any other time. Unlike any other time, the end time is at hand now today. You know, the world can collapse at any moment. The nature tells about it. The politics, they talk about it. The economy of the world system, they talk about it. You know, there are various signs and things which are revealing, which are telling us today the end time is at hand. But you know what the word of God says? Until the gospel is preached to every creature. Until the gospel is preached. You know, that's the reason today the churches and the ministries are taking the gospel out to those areas where gospel is not reached. Gospel has a power to save. The first mystery that God has revealed to you and me is the power of the gospel. When Jesus sent his disciples, as we read in Luke chapter 9 verse 6, What of God says the disciples, the 12 of them, Jesus called them and he asked them to go and minister to the people. Go and tell the gospel to the people. You know what? They went. The disciples went. What of God says in Luke 9, 6. So they departed and went through the towns and what they did? They preached the gospel and healing everywhere. They preached the gospel and they healed people everywhere. You know, gospel is preached to people. Was preached and is being preached even today. And immediately after that, gospel followed by the signs. And the people were healed when the disciples were ministering. What of God says? Gospel has a power to save someone who is living in the sin. When we go and share the gospel, share the good news about Jesus Christ, you know, he is convicted in his heart. And he says, What can I do in order to be saved? How can I come out of this sinful life? How can I get away from the sins of this world? Gospel has a power to touch the hearts and changes the lives. Today we hear many testimonies around. The way gospel reached those people and changed their lives, touched their lives, gospel has the power to change. In 1 Corinthians 118, 1 Corinthians 1:18, Paul writes again, he says, "The message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. The message of cross, of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. Who is perishing today? Who are not saved. Who are not saved. Their eternity is in the hell. If they are not given their life to Jesus, their eternity is in the hell. But then those who has given their lives, they are saved. For them it is the power of God. So first of all, the mystery that God has revealed to you and me is the mystery of the gospel that's a power of God. Unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, we are not going to know the power in the gospel. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we pray for our loved ones. Lord, you need to save him. You need to save her, Lord. I don't want them to go to the hell, go to the eternal hell. Sometimes we pray. You know what? Things may not happen. We don't see they are getting saved. The reason is the gospel is not revealed to them yet. Their eyes are blinded. Their eyes are blinded. The word of God says, the prince of this air, prince of this world has blinded their eyes. They are not able to see the gospel. They are not able to know what it is because they are trying to understand God by their human wisdom. And they need to understand God only by the Holy Spirit. Only God's Holy Spirit can tell, reveal the power of the gospel to them. We need to pray, Lord, open their eyes, Lord. Lord, reveal yourself to them, Lord. Let the gospel, the power of the gospel, be revealed to them, O God. So the first mystery God has revealed to us is the power of the gospel. The second mystery God has revealed to those who love God is the divine healing. You know, as the disciples were ministering there, for every time when they preached the gospel, immediately followed the healing, followed the signs and wonders. You know, James 5, let's turn to James 5, chapter 5. Verses 14 and 15. James chapter 5. But of God says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And then what happens? That's where the mystery Which is revealed to us. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. He will be forgiven. The second mystery God has revealed to us is the divine healing. And how that healing comes? The healing comes... When, if someone is sick, they call the elders of the church and they go there and they pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And that's where the healing comes. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. You know, that's what God wants us to do. God, That's what God wants the churches to do. You know, in most of the churches... They're identified a group of elders. They are appointed or they're identified just to pray. If someone is sick in the congregation, they go, they rush there, and they take go with an oil, prayer oil, and they go and apply oil and pray for them. It is biblical. It is biblical. We don't see miracles. We don't see healing because we don't do it. We don't do it. We don't obey the word of God. When we start doing it, when we start doing it, we will see healing power of God. You know, God expects us to move in, the, in divine healing. God expects us to move in divine healing. That doesn't mean that we don't need to take medicine. We can still continue to take medicine in those areas where we, because maybe our faith is lacking. My faith is lacking. I'm not able to manage without medication. But if you have enough faith that God can heal you, God heals you. You don't need medication. There are people surviving on the face of this earth, right from their birth until until their death, not touching any medication, any drugs. They are, they are surviving. How? It's possible because divine healing is a mystery that God has revealed to the church. You know, many times... We are like a Gentile, Canaanite woman. You remember the Canaanite woman who who followed Jesus Christ for the healing of her daughter from the the possession of the enemy? And you know what she said? But Jesus, you know, in spite of her calling him, Jesus was kind of, you know, neglecting her. Jesus was neglecting her. And finally, she came to a conclusion and she said, she looked at Jesus, Lord, if not the bread, at least the crumbs, bread crumbs that falls from the table, the dogs may eat. She was, you know, trying to say, Lord, even if you don't give your priorities, you know, give her, even though don't give her prime time for me. At least give a little time, you know, like a breadcrumbs that's, that are falling from the table so that my daughter will be healed. But you know what? I don't think the divine healing is the breadcrumb. I feel the divine healing is the bread itself. The bread itself is the divine healing. You know, God expects us to have the bread of the children. Not the one which is thrown to the dog. You now God has revealed to us when his body is broken, what of God says, by his stripes we are healed. It's not talking about the breadcrumbs. It is talking about his own body, the bread itself. And God expects us to hold on to the promises and to have experience healing in our body. In Isaiah 53, 5, Word of God says, and by his stripes we are healed. Matthew sixteen-eighteen, you know, what of God says, They will lay hands. Those who believe in my name, they will lay hands on the sick and what of God says, and they will recover. They will recover. Mark 5, 25. We see a scene there. A woman who was having an issue of blood for 12 long years. As Jesus was moving to the house of Jairus because Jairus' daughter was dying, Jesus was finding his way in the crowd and he was moving towards you know, progressing towards the house of Jairus. But suddenly in the crowd, Jesus turned back and asked the crowd, who touched me? Who touched me? And disciples said, maybe it's like, it's a foolish question to ask because people are, you know, just thronging upon Jesus Christ. They are pushing here and there and almost everybody is touching the, the hem of Jesus Christ. Because people are moving here and there, and there somebody is coming and falling upon Jesus, and the disciples are pushing him away, and, you know, everybody almost is, they are touching the, you know, the, 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 the body or the, the hem, the garment of Jesus Christ. But suddenly Jesus turned back and asked, who touched me? Who touched me? Jesus said, only one touched me. Disciples said, everybody is touching. But Jesus said, no, there is only one who touched me, and that was the woman. With the issue of blood. She was just longing for healing. For such a long time. And in the crowd she came forward. And she reached. And she touched the hem of the garment. Of Christ. By faith. By faith. And what of God says. The moment she touched the hem of garment. Power went from Jesus Christ. And she was healed instantaneously. She was healed instantaneously. God is revealing to us the mystery of the divine healing. You know, the healing may take place today, maybe through the natural herbs. Our healing may take place, you know, when physicians, when they treat us. But you know what? God also, God, even though he heals through the human intervention, he also heals us without human interventions. You know, that's the healing part that God wants us to experience. We have seen testimonies all around, but God experienced, God expects us to experience the divine healing in our lives. So all that we need to do, we need to touch him with the faith, the same faith that woman had on that day for our healing. No matter what sickness we are going through, maybe pain in our body, maybe arthritis, maybe, you know, uh, maybe uh, Anemic or maybe heart disease or maybe eye problems or maybe diabetes, you know Whatever sickness, whatever thing we have in our body. We need to trust God for a healing divine healing is biblical It's a mystery God has revealed to us number three Another mystery that God has revealed to those who love the Lord is the call of God is the call of God The call of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, you may not go there, but I can tell you. In 1 Samuel, you know the story, 1 Samuel chapter 3, Samuel, a little boy, he was lying at the temple of God. God called him, Samuel, Samuel. And he had no clue of who's calling. So he got up and he went to the priest, Eli, and he asked him, did you call me? And you know what Eli said? He had no clue about what Samuel is saying. He said, you just go and you know, lie down. I didn't call you. Just go and you know, continue your sleep. He did that three times. God called little Samuel. And Eli had no clue about who was calling. Finally, he arrived at a conclusion. Probably, it may be God. It may be God. You know, today, the mystery that God is revealing to us is the call of God in our lives. Again, when we talk about the mystery of God, we cannot understand the mystery of God by our wisdom. The Spirit of God has to help us to understand the mystery of God. The flesh cannot understand the call of God in our lives. You know, many times we don't understand, we don't realize that God has called us. God has called us. Today, many times we try to convince People around us, we try to convince our husband, maybe our wife or our family members on the call of God in our lives. Maybe in your family, you are the only one who go to church, you are the only one who follow Christ this close. But then, you know, many times we try to convince them, no, I am called by God. And you know what? They don't understand the call of God in our lives because flesh cannot understand the mystery of God. It is the mystery that God can reveal to only those who believe in God and only with the help of the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit can reveal that mystery. When God called Moses, for example... Pharaoh, when he went and stood in front of Pharaoh, Pharaoh had no clue about the call of God and in the life of Moses. Moses knew that very well God has called him, but Pharaoh had no idea that Miss, this man is sent by God. And then later he started realizing when God started working through his life and into the life of Pharaoh, then he started realizing that he's a man of God. What about Noah? When he was building that ark, nobody could understand, could understand that this man was called by God. They all thought he's a carpenter. He's probably trying to build a big ship and maybe sell it in the market you know, for a huge price. That's what they would have thought. But no, not at all. This man was building that ark because he was called by God. You know, the call of God in our lives, nobody else will understand. Today we are all sitting here, because God has called us. Do we believe that? God has called us. Otherwise, we are not going to come closer to God. God has called us. If God has called us for something today, you know, no one else will have a clue about what is the call of God in our lives. They may market us, and they may think that we have gone crazy, you know, but why? Because the flesh cannot understand the call of God. Because it's a mystery. Revealed only to those who love God and only to those who wait upon God with the help of the Holy Spirit. Call of God comes to us. Word of God says, even before we were born. The way God called the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, we read that. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. He says, before, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You know, when call of God comes in our lives? Even before we were born. Even before we were born, call of God comes in our lives. God has called you and me to follow Christ. As followers of Christ. The way Jesus walked on the streets of Galilee. And he saw the disciples and he called them. He said follow me. The same way God has called you and me to follow Christ. We are the followers of Jesus Christ. God called Abraham. And he told him get out of this country. Get out of your father's house. Get out of your nations. And go to the land that I show you. The call of God came upon the life of Abraham. God called Moses in the midst of the burning bush and he said Moses Moses and he said yes Lord here I am and you know what he said I'm going to send you to Pharaoh I'm going to send you to Pharaoh when call of God comes in our lives it comes with the mission of God it comes with the task from God and you know flesh cannot understand the call of God and most of the time we don't we fail to realize the call of God Because we are in our flesh. When we allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives, you know, that's the time we realize the call of God. Because flesh cannot understand the call of God. Sometimes, you know, people pray for us specific things to know whether it is from God or not God. When we are so high in our flesh, we are not going to listen. We are not going to understand that. That's the reason most of the time we fast and we pray. We lower the flesh down and we allow the spirit to work, spirit to connect with God. Then only we realize the call of God, the purpose of God in our lives. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. The way Paul writes there, Paul says, let's read that scripture, Romans chapter 1 verse 1. He is introducing himself in a peculiar way, and he says, "Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God." I don't see any such, you know, any 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 other, uh, you know, uh, people of God introducing themselves in this fashion. The way he is introducing him, he's saying to the Romans, he says, "A bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle." Separated to the gospel of God Call of God came upon the life of Paul God has called individuals for a specific purpose To accomplish specific tasks on this world And it is a mystery It is a mystery When Samuel, the prophet Samuel was sent to the house of David To anoint David He had a total confusion there because he couldn't find out where it's David whom to be whom to a knight but you know what god prepared samuel for that if you read 1 samuel chapter 16 verse 7 the lord said to samuel listen to this 1 samuel 16:7 lord said to samuel do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because i have refused him for the lord does not see as man sees For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, call of God is not at the outward appearance. Call of God is inside. Flesh cannot understand. Our human eyes cannot know it. By looking at someone, we don't have any clue whether he is a man who is called by God or not. It is internal. It is internal. You know, many times we discourage, we get discouraged, thinking that people don't realize that what I am tra- trying to do. People don't realize what I am after. You know, we, we, we expect people to understand the call of God in our lives, and they will not understand. They will not know about it, because flesh cannot understand. It is a mystery. Only the Spirit of God can reveal those who connect with the Spirit, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. The fourth mystery God has revealed to us is the eternity is the eternity you know one of the greatest the most important mystery of Christianity is the eternal hope is the eternal hope and God has revealed that mystery to his children Jesus said before he was crucified he looked at his disciples and he said in John chapter 14 verse 3 And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself that where I am. He told about the eternal life to the disciples. No one has ever told that mystery until Jesus revealed that to his disciples. And they wrote it down. That's the reason we know about that eternal life. We know about that eternal life. People of the Old Testament, they had not much idea about the eternity. But people of the New Testament today, you and I know about the eternity because the Spirit of God has revealed that to, the, to his children and to his church. Eternal life is a mystery today. And people don't understand it. How much ever you tell them, people don't get that. And you can get that only by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason in 1 Corinthians, when Paul writes, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51, and 52, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, when the trumpet sounds, the dead will rise, incorruptible, and we shall be changed 1 Corinthians 15:51 the eternity is a mystery of God that's the reason Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13:12 he says the eternity appears to us like a dim light it's not very clear even we believe it like the old testament believers they believed the coming of the messiah but they have not seen that yet in the same way today We believe that eternity, but it is dim. It is just far out there. We don't see that yet. But you know what? The same way the Old Testament believers believed about the coming of the Messiah, and the Messiah came to this world in the same way you and I today believe for that eternity. And you know what? One day we are going to experience that. One day we are going to see that. Today, don't we long for that day when we spend our eternity With the Lord. This is one of the deep things. Of the spirit. Of God. Before I close. Just want to read. A couple of scripture from. At least one scripture. From the 2nd Corinthians. Chapter 5. Even before going there. Just want to read. I just want you to know. What Job. Told about eternity, he was a Old Testament believer. He didn't have, you know, much of the revelation what we have today. But do you want me to want 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 us to go there? Let's go to Job, chapter nineteen. He had that revelation of eternity. Not many prophets they talked about eternity. But this prophet, Job, he had such a great revelation about eternity. Job chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. And he says, for I know that my Redeemer lives. If we ask Job, who is your Redeemer? I don't know what he's going to say. Probably he may say that the coming Messiah, because he was a prophet. Job was a prophet. He was not just a beggar who suffered, he was a prophet of God. And he said, my redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And he says, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh, I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another eyes. My very own eyes are going to see God Almighty. How my heart yawns within me. How my heart longs within me to see my Redeemer on that day when this flesh is gone, when my skin is gone, destroyed. Everything in my body will deteriorate, and one day my flesh is gone, my bone is gone, but I shall see my God with my own eyes. You know, that was the revelation that man of God had, even though he was an old testament prophet. But today I believe God has given us much more revelation about eternal life. Let's let's read 2 Corinthians now and we'll close in prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just listen to these scriptures concerning eternity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. God is telling us, if you don't have a house, do not worry about it. If you don't have a property, a piece of land on this earth, do not worry about it. There is an eternal house that, that, that is built by the Lord for you. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2 says, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked, Verse 4 says, For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. The Spirit of God is given to you and me as a guarantee, as a guarantor, the Spirit of God is living in us. Is is giving us guarantee about the eternal life. That's what the word of God says. So we are always confident. Because why? The guarantor has come in us. And he has given us the guarantee of the eternal life. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. When we live on this earth, we are not yet with the Lord. We are absent from the Lord. Verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. The word we use, the scripture we use, walk by faith, not by sight. It is, really, you know, it, it is placed the, you know, in the context of eternal life, of eternity. Verse well, so 8 says, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You know, that is the hope. That is the mystery that God has revealed to you and me. So we are not worried about death. We are not worried about the life on this earth. We are not worried about what's going to happen to our body. You know, if we are not worried about the things of this world, we are, why, why we are not worried? Because we believe. We have confidence. Because the Spirit of God has revealed to us the eternity. We have confidence in eternal life. We know for sure absence from this body is to be present with the Lord that's a mystery is it not a mystery that Spirit of God has revealed to you and me Paul writes in first Corinthians 2 as we read the mysteries of God are revealed for those who love God and those who wait upon the Lord you know that's the reason today we need to love the Lord we need to wait upon the Lord For God to do great things in our lives, we need to follow God because God has kept so much of blessings which our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, our mind has not conceived because God has prepared those blessings for us. So we talked about four mysteries that God has revealed to us, the power of the gospel, the divine healing that God wants to experience in our body, the call of God in our lives, and finally, the blessed hope of eternity. Let's close our eyes.